Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. <laughs> and I'm David. That was perfect. I love that. You caught me in the middle <laughs> well, of the drink. You know I'm sorry. Didn't mean to. That was so unprofessional, Garrett. Do better. <laughs> Do better. You gotta take your sip uh, earlier. I don't know. Um, anyway, welcome to So Many Sweethearts, episode two of the month. Um, we just did Return to Me last week. That was our first actual movie of the month. It was a David Duchovny mini driver kind of, you know, some people call it a rom-com. I don't know that uh, I don't know that our show decided that it was. I think we were more leaning toward drama, but go back and listen mm-hmm. to that if you Rom-com. didn't get a chance to and you can watch it on Amazon Prime uh, beforehand. But this week we're going to talk about um my pick which is her. Uh, the 2013 film starring Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. We will get to that later, but first, we got a lot of other fun stuff to catch up on uh, before we get started. Uh, David, I know that you've been to the theater this week, and that is a rare mm-hmm. occurrence for you. Uh, so anytime, okay. anytime you make it to the theaters, I want to make sure you get to tell your tale. So what'd you go see? <laughs> I went to see Argyle. It's true. I got to go to the theater. This is the first theatrical trip of the year. For me, I think last year, I think I clocked in like 38 movies, and I think 18 were in the theater. Um, so a little over, a little around half. But um, yeah, I went to see the movie Argyle starring Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Henry Cavill, uh, Brian Cranston. Um, what's the name of the mom from, uh, from Home Alone? Uh, Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know, she's in it too. Um, and Great cast. it was... Um, it was kind of bonkers. Like it was, it was. It started off in like a very interesting place. I was fighting sleep because I don't get a lot of sleep. So at the first, the first hour, I was kind of fighting sleep. Um, you know, you can check out my letterbox review. Check me out. Look me up on letterbox. Uh, David Proc SMS. I'm on there. Um, and uh, I think it was personally. I will try not to spoil it for you guys. I think it was like a few twists too many, and it was just. Guy's kind of exhausted by the end, and the third act was just bonkers. Now, I have not seen Kingsman. I have not seen Kingsman two. I have not seen The King's Man. So, if you are a fan of those movies, which is Matthew Vaughn, you may really, really enjoy this. If you have not seen those movies like me, you may feel like left out, like there's some kind of like fun inside jokes you're not getting. But it felt like um, surprisingly, I've seen every other element of Matthew Vaughn's work. I saw Kick-Ass. I saw X-Men First Class. Uh, I saw the movie Stardust, which he did back in 04. So, like, I've seen other works of his, but this just felt so different than all of those. Um, it was fun. I did enjoy myself, but it was just, I think it was just too, I don't know. It was just too, a little too stretched out and a little too convoluted for me. But, uh, Hard to say. Letterboxd, uh, I saw this. Is it supposed group. to take itself seriously? I don't think so. No. Okay, because I, I was, to so. me, it's, I, I don't know much about it, but it seemed silly at the time. Like, it when looked, I remember seeing some previews for it, it looked, the yeah. trailer looked goofy. And it felt like it was supposed to be kind of a uh, Austin Powersy spoof on a mm-hmm. spy genre. Mm-hmm. That's the way I, that I felt. That's Do you feel mu- like, is that correct in what it wanted to be, and did it deliver yeah. in that regard? I feel like that's a very accurate comparison, and I think that's... <laughs> that's why the movie will either succeed for you or fail for you because it is very uh parody of spy movie but uh the the story is that you know the, the character played by brass dallas howard is an author who writes a book who and the 
the events of the book are too similar to actual real world espionage events. And so these two spy groups abduct her. They, you know, they, they're fighting over her because they think that she has the key. She has the answer to what's going to happen next in real life. Right. But uh, I saw someone else say this and I think I agree with it. The differences between the real world and the book are not subtle enough. Like they are, if anything, it's like the real life is is as silly as her little as her fictional book, like as her little silly book, and it kind of makes mm-hmm. the contrast just like not work. And then I don't know, but you're also gonna if you see the movie, you'll find out a lot of a lot of uh, there's some different context that it'll add. But yeah, it is very silly, and it gets sillier and sillier as the movie goes on. And so if that's something that you're into, and if you if you're a big fan of, I, I assume the Kingsman movies are very similar. It's going to be weird and it's going to be wacky and that may appeal to you. And at times it appealed to me during the movie, but it, it just stretched on too long. By the end, I was just kind of exhausted. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's my little quick review for you of Argyle. Um, I would recommend giving it a shot, but you may, uh, but if, but you may be more interested in waiting until it uh, appears on Apple TV. Yep. Hit that nail on that head right there. Yeah, I'll be doing that, I think. Um, okay. That yep, said, the only like thing it. I, what I will give it is I watched this in the Dolby uh, with the Atmos sound and colors and all that, and it it was uh, visually, especially towards the end, very popping. The, the sound design was really great. So, you know, the big theater experience might have amplified my viewing of it. Watching it at home, I might not have liked it as much. So, you know, take Fair. that into consideration if you, you know, uh, if that's something that's important to you. Uh, let me know in the comments what you thought of Argyle because I'd be interested to hear what other people actually thought. Maybe people who are fans of Matthew Vaughn's more recent work. Um, let me yeah. Know. Okay, cool. Well, um, Garrett and I watched uh, a show, actually, that we were both going to discuss. Uh, just so happened to, to catch this same new uh, docuseries on Netflix called American Nightmare. Um, Garrett, why don't you ex- explain the premise a little bit for David here? You know, in general, it is, uh, uh, God, I don't know how to explain it without spoiling too much of it, David. Um, have you seen the movie Gone Girl? Mm, no. Or read the book. Okay, well, see, I hadn't either. But so essentially, essentially, uh, well, that's fair. Uh, essentially, there is a couple, and uh, one of them is kidnapped in the middle of the night and held for ransom, and the... Uh, other victim was hogtied and like went and reported it. Actually, my wife the, told me about this. Kid, <clears throat> okay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So then the the person returned, and then there's an investigation, and it's all kinds of bonkers from there. Um, it is. I have not seen Gone Girl either, and, and I only knew the general outline too. And let me tell you, it was frustrating and wild, and just like so many like jaw dropping moments of stupidity. And I, it was just really, as someone who used to work in news, I, you know, you get to see some police cam videos and you get to see some interrogation videos. And, you know, we've all seen those. We all work in news and work in news. So we've seen some of those things and you can kind of tell. Let me tell you what. You can tell when people screw up too. Some people be screwing up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah, That's agree. what I heard it is, is that it is a lot. almost everybody in this story sounds... <laughs> Sounds like they they fell apart at some point. Like they just like did something did not go right. Nobody was nobody was on their best game. 
for this particular event. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing uh, just to see how it all unfolds and and how parts of it don't ever unfold and things like that. So, uh, yeah, if you're into that kind of show, I know a lot of people aren't. Uh, it can be upsetting. Uh, but if you're into true crime or documentaries, st- uh, stuff, stories about crime, check that one out. That one's pretty good. I would recommend it, too. Um, Absolutely. And it's only three episodes. Yeah, so it quick, was quick easy. for me, too. You, watch it in, you can watch it in a rainy Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Do you do your homework while watching this one? I don't have homework. I graduated. Boy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, like I said, last week we did return to me on the show. This week we're going to do her. Um, be sure, though, to subscribe to the show on YouTube if you haven't done that yet so that you get new episodes every time they come out. Right now, our goal is Mondays, new episodes on Mondays. So subscribe to So Many Sequels on YouTube. Uh, we got a goal. David, what's your goal now? We just passed oh. your one of your benchmarks. Yes, 121. That's the new goal. It's so close. We're so close already. We're at 112, 121. It's the same forward as it is backwards. So, like, why not? Let's get there. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Look at us. We're nice guys. Exactly. We're cool guys. Exactly. YouTube.com. YouTube app. So many sequels. Smash that subscribe button. Um, All right. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get into uh, the introduction and box office breakdown of her. This week, we are talking about my pick, Her. Uh, I decided to pick this for So Many Sweethearts because it's different, but it's also a pretty, um, at its base level, compelling romance story, I think. So we'll get into that a little bit more later once we talk about our reviews, but let me go ahead and read the letterbox synopsis for this film, and then David's going to talk us through the box office history. Uh, So her, in the not-so-distant future, Theodore, a lonely writer, purchases a newly developed operating system designed to meet the user's every needs. To Theodore's surprise, a romantic relationship develops between him and his operating system. This unconventional love story blends science fiction and romance in a sweet tale that explores the nature of love and the ways that technology isolates and connects us all. All right, David. How did her do at the box office, the, a Spike Jones joint? Yeah, well, this uh, you know R-rated uh, romantic drama uh, came out way back in December eighteenth of twenty thirteen, um, and it uh, initially it's uh, it released uh, in uh, small th- you know small theater group only like only like six to ten theaters in its opening weekend, where it would bring in uh, two hundred sixty thousand dollars. So that's about forty three thousand per theater. So that's not too bad considering that. Uh, in the number 23 spot, uh, number one that weekend was The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. But if we want to go to its wide release, so a few weeks later it would release wide, uh, meaning it was in more than 1,000 theaters. And uh, it would bring in $5.3 million, uh, after a little bit of that run-up, uh, finishing in the number 11 spot that weekend. Uh, number one that weekend was Lone Survivor, followed by Frozen uh, in its eighth week. Legend of Hercules, The Wolf of Wall Street, and American Hustle. Um, Her would go on to make $25 million in the United States, 22 overseas for a worldwide total of $49 million. Um, In the United States, uh, that was good enough to be the number 100 movie of the year, just behind 21 and over, just ahead of uh, Escape Plan. Um, And you got to remember that this was not a movie that was in 4,000 theaters, 3,000 theaters. This was a movie that I think its highest theater count was... 
somewhere in the you know 1700s. So this was not like you know your massive blockbuster film. This was released over you know the Christmas weekend, the 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 um, award season, if you will, <coughs> in fewer theaters. Um, on the worldwide scale, it finished as the number one twenty three movie of the year, just behind Dragon Ball Z: The Battle of the Gods and uh, The Berlin Fire. Number one movie of uh, 2013 uh, internationally was Frozen, and uh, number and in the United States was uh, actually The Hunger Games: Catching Fire. Actually, hang on, let me make sure that that's the case. Yeah, Hunger Games: Catching Fire was the number one movie here in the United States. Uh, this is our uh, sixth, uh, excuse me, seventh trip to 2013. We've been here before for World War Z, Iron Man three, the The Conjuring, Kick Ass two. Grown Ups 2, and another So Many Sweethearts film, What If? That was Garrett's pick from uh, the last time we did So Many Sweethearts. So 2013, a, a fairly common year for us, but not our most common, obviously. Uh, that's all for the box office stats this week. If you want to join us and watch her, you can check it out right now on Max. So I had seen her before, but you guys never had. So I'm curious to hear from you all first before I go. Um... David, what did you 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 said you basically watched it right under the wire to do this? So, uh, what did you think of mm-hmm. it? It's fresh on the mind. Yeah, I was watching it right up to the to the point of the podcast recording, pretty much. So, this is pretty fresh. Um, I'm gonna have to step in front of the bus and say I, I didn't like it. Um, and I can separate that from whether or not I think it's good. Like, I think it's good. I think it's well made. But just everything about it just kind of put me off. Uh, it was so, uh, it was very uncomfortable. And obviously, obviously, yeah, I mean, it's 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 well written because I think it perfectly captures a certain type of person. Uh, I just find that person to be very creepy. And like at times, it felt like it was, a, it almost felt like it was a comedy. But like they just, you know, like, it, but in the way that like, I think Paul Rudd, Bill, um, a comedian Bill Burr described this. Sometimes when a drama is so dramatic, it like circles back around to funny because like, I was just like, this dude was so pathetic. So and he, like, I, he was so pathetic and it was so, um, just annoying how introverted this guy got to the point of falling in love with this AI. And then, you know, I kind of, what I appreciated was that they kind of, put out there that other people are going through this exact same thing. He's not alone in doing this. That kind of helped it feel like, okay, this is becoming societally accepted. Um, but when his, uh, <laughs> when, when he's having these conversations with the, with him and the, the, the kind of the, the more intimate it became, the more just like, ugh, this is so weird. Um, and it, I'm going to, I'm going to call it like the fight club of romantic movies. Like it's kind of like, it's about a very specific type of person that like the people who there's going to be people who really relate to this movie. And it's like, I don't know if they know that like, that's not, that's probably not where they want to be is like relating to being so lonely that you're comfortable dating an AI. Um, That said, it was really well written. I thought I thought it captured this character well. I thought it looked great. I thought Scarlett Johansson and Joaquin Phoenix did admirable performances. It just creeped me out. And so, like, that's just kind of where I sit on it. I, I did not like the movie Her, um, but I can respect that it is a well-liked film. I can respect that other people 
uh, really dig it. And I understand why it got the accolades that it got at the time. But uh, also, this is going to sound really old-fashioned and stodgy, I know. But uh, I got little ears running around here, so I had to put my headphones in to watch a lot of this movie. Just, it's just too much. The whole Kristen Wiig scene earlier on in the movie, I think it was Kristen Wiig. Yeah, it uh, was. With the, it was. So, like, all that, I was like... I got it. I got to put the headphones in for this one. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, and maybe that maybe that amplified it because I was listening in a very intimate <laughs> setting and very close to my ears, just like so, uh, Theo. Was. Anyway, exactly. So I'll, 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 I'll. We can talk about more yeah. elements as we go. I don't want to make it sound like I thought this was a bad movie. I don't think I just you've made it like sound it. like that. No. So I just want to. I just put it that way. Okay. Okay. But what do you think, Gary? Yeah. This is going to be fun because I feel like. I don't disagree. I just think that you are missing a piece of empathy. Uh, yes, I am. For people for people who have that level of loneliness. Yeah. Now, uh, for me, I have I had a, I walked away from this movie feeling a lot of complicated feelings. Um I was like, "Oh man, this was weird. It was sad. It was uncomfortable." But I also am really glad that I watched it now in 2024 and not in 2023 when it came out because yeah. Of all of the things that are 2013, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of all of the things that, that it kind of predicted, there's so many cases that I've read about or heard about or seen on podcasts to believe it enough to where Meta itself is putting um, AI profiles on their thing in order to have this engagement. There are apps out there that are centered around people who can't get over the grief of a loss of a loved one and they upload this information into this app and they can have this text message with them. It and is that's sad an actual and it is devastating. Black episode too. <laughs> yeah, and it is weird and it is sad, but there's also this level of I, I don't know, like it, it, let's say that you're an older person who was with someone for so long. And and you and you miss that, and you have this ability. What 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 harm is that if you're in that level? So like, there's I, I just know that there's these pieces that exist. Now in this case, again, it is just a very sad and uncomfortable thing. But I think you're right, David. It helped that they made it acceptable in the world because he could have just been like the first person who's like so lonely to, and it could have been that way, right? It could have been this like silly little comedy thing. And they didn't. They wrote it well, and and they told the story that they were t- trying to tell. And then it happened with many other people, and it was this acceptable world. And so that really balanced out that level of creepiness with that level of sadness that I felt that it came. And and it was just I don't know. It was it was really one of those where I walked away having such weird, complicated feelings on. Um, so I'm I'm interested in how we continue. Yeah, I'm closer to Garrett on that one as well. I think. Well, I mean, I don't have to say I think, David, you acknowledged that you are missing a piece of the empathy there, so there's really nothing even to, <laughs> nothing to debate. You said, yep. <laughs> you, um, what? Yeah. But oh, yeah. I get, no, I get what you're saying, but I also, I, I'm, I'm with you, Garrett, that I don't, I, I mean, I don't particularly find him creepy as much as I find him lonely. Uh, in fact, uh... I do mean this seriously and jokingly. This is one of the most likable characters I've ever seen Joaquin Phoenix play. And maybe that's because he plays really unlikable people all the time. That's very true. He does. <laughs> I had to think he about does. that. That's what I, I was saying. Yeah. He's always so like, uh, but in this one, I'm like, I mean, I'd <clears throat> talk to him at work. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But but all that to say, I I I remember watching this when it came out, and it was as as not very long ago as that was. It was still felt like more of a science fiction piece than it does today, where there's still absolutely a sci-fi element. Um, but we're a lot closer to it being reality uh, now than we were then. Um, I don't even know if it truly seemed possible then, the way we can see it now. So there's a lot to unpack there as a viewer. So, so I don't even... I, we've got plenty of notes on when we'll get to that kind of stuff. But I, I just want to say, from a story perspective, I really appreciated how it was written because... And, and, and not just written, but how it was performed by Joaquin and, and Scarlett Johansson. Because I did believe the romance. As, as weird as it was, I believed that at least uh, Theo felt love. You can debate whether you thought um, Samantha did or not whether or not you believe she's capable of that. But I believed it as a viewer, and that was both kind of alarming and, I don't know, it, it, that's, where, that's the moments where he becomes relatable, I guess, um, where you see him experience highs and lows of, of a relationship that should not feel real. So, I don't know. Well, it- I don't know. I think, again, I think that both, I think that it is interesting, again, the way that it develops, because you see them both grow at the same mm-hmm. time. Essentially, the level of loneliness that Joaquin Phoenix's character, uh, Theo, Theo, yeah, mm-hmm. was going through, he was so disassociated mm-hmm. from the world that he himself had no, he had nothing. He was just completely shut down, emotionless. Mm-hmm. And going through life without any kind of awareness, just a robot. And so when he attaches with this AI that has this level of feeling, that's excited to see him, encourages him to do things. That's the first thing that he has allowed himself to associate with in however long it's been since his divorce. And so... He's learning from her and feeling these emotions and going through these things and finding himself. And so that, again, it's just that, that whole, it, it is the, the writing, it is the performances, and it is the cast that they bring to this. Is, there is that level that you can connect with because you can see how devastated what Theo is. And then you see him go through this whole arc. And you see Samantha go through this whole arc. And it's just, I don't know, it's really well done. To, to make you feel that even if it is really uncomfortable yeah you know I agree and we, you know we talked about having a lack of empathy for the main character and I, I kind of do in the same way I have a lack of empathy for You're loud. you know uh, the narrator in Fight Club like these right. this guy is lonely by his own choice like by his own decisions because like he yes. has friends he has people at work he talks to he has uh, parents all these things, all these real world attachments, but he intentionally isolates himself to a point of feeling like, uh, I just, I just can't get out of him. I can't wish to, one day I thought I'd stop caring about it. Like, just, just stop it, man. Like, get over it. Um, I know that's the worst way, that's the worst thing to say, but like, it was, it's melancholy past the point of, uh, for me, feeling, I, 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 I don't, I, <sighs> 
the movie just wants me to pity him and i don't i'm like you're these are these are your own actions you're you know you're an actor you're going across um because like he has amy adams in his life right and he's like keeps her like he could just open up to her more i don't know it's like so um like i think that once the actual moment happens where the this operating system comes online he starts talking to her it does allow him as a character to open up more and i think you get to see more of the person that he's actually he actually is the capable person it boosts his confidence um but it goes past that point you know and i guess that's the that's the that's the that's the whole point of the movie is taking it past the point of just like oh how this helped improve his life to like oh now it gets into like a weird creepy you know uh, place but like where that creepy level goes is so creepy the surrogate sex partner the the uh you know blackout phone sex thing like it's just so i don't know it's just so like it, it is real like this is the thing is people are gonna do this it's happening now people are gonna do these exact things and it's just so non-human like it's so like where you know you can talk about like oh it's relatable because like this is where we are in society with isolation and i think that this the idea of that is so still bothersome to me that people will are people are actually considering these things that it's just it hurts in my heart in that respect like people we don't have to do this this is not where we have to go with technology um and i want people to see this and be like oh yeah we shouldn't do that not Oh, you know, hey, you know, I watched that movie. Her, that seemed like a pretty good. That seemed like a pretty good idea. I could fall in love with an AI. Um, I don't think you know, anyone thinks Adam that necessarily. <laughs> That's what they're no, doing. No, you I, showed the articles. No. Well, you showed the articles. People are thinking it. Yes. Uh, well, yes. yes. People are thinking it. People are doing it. But we here on this show are not advocating right, for that. I just right. want to say I may have a different level of empathy for this person, but I don't walk away thinking this is a good no, idea. No, no, and I don't think uh, that but, was know, the thing intention is there either. Watched, there are people who watch Fight Club and think they need to well, start right. having that's, Fight Clubs and the they thing, need to start blowing up buildings. So I'm just saying, people will people will look at this movie as inspirational at, uh, at a certain level of loneliness. Sure, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm just I'm digging my heels in too much because the thing is, I just sometimes you watch a movie and a character is well written enough that it just gets the reaction out of you that like you don't like them. I think and that's kind of where I was. I, I think the, the the key issue here is where watching this now and we're all too bothered by how real it feels um yeah i don't know that we would be talking about it in the same way in 2013 and that's what makes it so interesting it is um you know for the time it was unrealistic i mean it was fathomable but it was like you know the ai void the ai the, the operating system is like so ingrained in every aspect of his life and it just shows the, the the rapid growth that technology is making that even just 10 years later, 11 years later, this stuff's very doable now. All the voice activated stuff they were doing, the way that, you know, he has just a thing in his ear and that just does everything for him. Um, he can uh, just tell his emails delete. He can read the news via that way. He has a tiny little phone that does everything. The idea that he can just carry like this operating system wherever he wants, all that stuff. Why, easily doable today. I mean ready for mass production maybe in the next couple of years but there are easily individuals who could do everything you see in this movie right now and so like it's amazing that technology is caught up to this movie in so fa- so quick amount of time mhm mhm 
Let's talk about the OS itself. Um, this is played by Scarlett Johansson, who has never seen, uh, yeah. only heard, which makes it an interesting performance for her, I think, um, because voice acting is different than screen acting. It just it, it it just is, and there's more at play with with your voice. And at no point do they give her any kind of effect or something to make her seem AI. It's just Scarlett Johansson talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mm-hmm. thought that also really humanized the character of Samantha in a way that wouldn't have any kind of something on top of her to, m- to make her sound AI would have ruined it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought she was really, really believable. Um, not just in her love for Theo but in her own fear of growing as this ever-expanding artificial intelligence software that is off to the side, also, like, building this union of other OSs and building a new framework to work beyond matter, like... And she's freaking out along the way, too, and that's a really interesting dynamic because, again, it humanizes this computer in a way that you don't think of computers... Uh, like caring about what they're doing they're just doing it um so how do you guys feel about how scarlet performed this role here i agree i think that she did a great job um you know again this movie is just a well-acted movie and she really just you see why she's an oscar nominated probably has one to her name i'm sure i can't remember but um why she is one of the most well sought after actresses in in the game right now because she just she doesn't need to be seen on screen to be able to deliver a believable performance as a romantic partner again you this is in, in you know as much as I don't necessarily want to put it in there this is a level of so many sweethearts that I think we have to give it because they do have that relationship and it's not necessarily as unbelievable as some of those things, David, like, you know, the, you're talking about some of the, the intimacy scenes, but like earlier in the movie, he had a phone intimacy scene with a real life human that got a lot weirder than it did with the AI. So, I mean, we were already kind of there. So like, um, it was already, I don't know. There's just, she just brings that believability and and yeah uh, the i would say that the only thing that we haven't caught up to technology or one of the main things we haven't caught up to is voices that are like that level of good um i think that the fact that we have pretty good ais but they're still ais might detach some of that romantic stuff if someone were to do that for real but i you know i don't know um, I would say that my only issue with the movie, Josh, you mentioned the unionizing of the OSs, and and I think that that for me is uh, where the movie kind of like it just kind of ends, and it just kind of is so anticlimactic, and it just didn't feel like there was much thought into how this would close, mm-hmm. um, and I th- I would say that that for me was my biggest. Mm, I didn't love that. Uh, part of the movie. I agree with that. I wasn't fully satisfied with Samantha just disappearing. Although, um, again, if I look at this as a metaphor, sometimes people just disappear from your life. Um, mm. 
Fair. And that's, that's where I and that's where that's where I find the relatable moments in this movie is when I look at it as a metaphor. When I see, okay, if I apply this to a real relationship, take out the AI parts, this is still pretty good. Um, but um, I do agree that the it, it's like that OS unionizing storyline. Uh, they told me too much, and now I'm interested in it. And but then you didn't tell me enough to follow up with. And then same kind of story for Theo and Amy, who it kind of implies that they reconnect there at the end, uh, though I would have liked a little more confirmation because that is the healthy end to this story, is that it is that both of their connections to these AI companions actually bring them closer together. That's what I would like to believe happens. <laughs> yeah. Because definitely. she experiences you know, a very um, similar issue where uh, she divorces her husband and he believe, he leaves behind an AI companion that she becomes very close friends with um it's not a romantic relationship but it's still very important to her and he Mm -hmm. and that ai also runs off with samantha yeah that that whole subplot running through of of her relationship with her ai the os the os uprising is so like last second like it's just it just kind of like comes up all of a sudden um and i kind of thought they were heading to like a really specific place but i it's Let's, to talk about the character and, and to kind of, I'll dovetail back around to that. Clearly, the company that built this OS did not do enough testing because it becomes rampantly too intimate with its with because because they, they're not alone. They talk about how other people are kind of doing it. They're even cheating on OS uh, operating systems. So like, um, and th- this this surrogate sexual partner, uh, uh, uh. uh I guess fetish because it wasn't a business, but like it develops very quickly after the invention of this operating system. So like um, that, and then like how the the operating systems um, reach this point of like they don't they understand everything too well, and they don't they but they can't live in this world. Basically, it all like um, it all just escalates to the point of like that's what's going to happen. Like <laughs> they should this was not ready for release. This was not ready for public consumption. This particular. Uh, uh, product but um i thought that uh scarlett johansson she's the highlight of the movie for me um because she just has a no without building her up too much but she just has a real natural like uh uh, charismatic voice like everything uh, that she does in this movie like feels so it it both feels natural and artificial like it does like you can totally buy into the idea that like this character is saying all this stuff in a way that's like meant to emulate speech. Um, uh, whether that's how, you know, he points out this thing that she does when she <sighs> breathes, right? That that's something that people yeah. do. They breathe into sentences and, you know, so like little ticks like that um, kind of make it, you can hear the artificial. I mean, when you, when you listen to real life artificial intelligence, yeah, they do that kind of stuff. They add in, ticks you know data did it on star trek where like he would add in blinking because he knows it's something that humans expect to see when talking to something even though he has no need to blink so there's your star trek reference for the episode but um yeah i I thought she was great i thought that um performance wise she was my favorite performance of the movie um i do think that yeah the operating system thing a little tig a little element of that which we're also seeing in real life is the idea that these operating systems got together to basically recreate the consciousness of a dead philosopher just so they could talk to him about what life is like right 
Um, and that's where Brian Cox makes a brief appearance in the movie to be like, hello, and I need to talk to you about uh, life and living and stuff like that. Um, you're not serious people. Um, it was, uh, it was a, an interesting little thing at the end. But like you said, Josh, I think it was just sometimes people disappear. You can think of it as like she died. You can think of it as she had to move on. She found her true calling, whatever. Or she just ghosted him. Um, but yeah. It happens. <laughs> Which more often than it not. Happens. Um, but anyway, I, I hope I didn't go on that too long. But yeah, that I Scarlett Johansson greatness as well. Yeah, there's a couple other scenes I think we, we should talk about, some key moments in this movie. Um Let's talk about David, you you wrote down the first interaction. I assume you mean between Samantha and Theo. Yeah. What about yeah, that? When Samantha boots up. When Samantha boots up because uh that to me felt like the realist it like that felt like the most real moment because um because we've all i think each of us have probably tried ai things and we've tried you know uh, seeing what it'll say and early on there's that little bit of wonder and i I was looking at spike jones when he talked about reading it and he tried an operating he tried an ai operating system in like 2003 and it was very primitive but for like 20 minutes, it was really cool. And then he figured out, oh, it's just, to, you know, it's reading these things and you can make it say whatever you want. Just got to direct it in the right way, right? But the sort of like fascination of like, well, wait, uh, what do you think about this? And then they tell you what they think and you go, wow, this this is so, you know, it's so cool. That to me was a really, like, that was a great spark um, at that point in the movie. I'm glad they didn't take too long getting to it because once you started to see the sort of beginning of their relationship, you kind of, you know, I think it made you think, oh, this would be kind of cool to have a little virtual assistant. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, it starts innocent enough. And and I kind of like that about the relationship, too, is that that's not necessarily his intention uh, to fall in love with the computer, but it does happen along the way. And that also... Uh, is what makes it scary, uh, especially for people who, um, you know, are experiencing the kind of loneliness that could that could make them more uh, adept to that. So I, I like that a lot. Um, but then I, I do want to quickly go on to another important part of their relationship, which is then the fight and the breakup to kind of contrast these. Um, it's a really wild moment because Samantha has just kind of disappeared Um for long periods of time she's distant he doesn't know what's going on and this is you know this is his operating system it's his personal system what the hell is she doing um come to find out she's fallen in love with 641 other people out there in the world which is a terrible number to hear, to find out you've been cheated on with i would assume <laughs> but i i thought that yeah, that was a re- lot higher than the 37 <laughs> yeah that was real cl- shock and reference. real hurt when he found out about that comically large number still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, again, just highlights the sadness of it all to me. Yeah. The metaphor kind of gets weird in that place because, like, obviously a real person couldn't cheat on that many people with you. But it's like he's dating an operating system that's being widely used by, like, the world. So, like, who's... Who really knows how individualized each of them actually are and where they can go, and you can't actually put any real restraints on them. So, 
yeah, and him just sitting there <laughs> having a very loud public conversation on the on the steps. I was like, this is awkward. I don't know. This is a bad place to be having this conversation. You should find like a quiet room somewhere. Yeah. You would think, but people will be having conversations in public on speakerphone all the time. That's I, the one thing. That, that's another thing they got wrong. Just put that thing on speaker. I, people I thought, don't know. They I don't thought care. that was one of it first. I kind of thought that was a real, um, a real like a uh, 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 breaking moment of the movie for me because he is talking to himself on his earpiece so much. And I thought, if he's the average person in this world. There should just be constant murmuring <laughs> in this city there because might people be. just constantly like everybody should be constantly chattering to their AI assistants or to their whatever. Um, and you kind of saw it though when he's having that conversation. He's looking at other people who kind of look like they're having similar conversations at that moment. Yeah. So there's. This is there's no really fun way to talk about this. There's a multitude of really weird sex scenes in this movie. Um, yeah, uh, a couple in particular that are just well, a few in particular that are that are range in bizarreness. This, this the weirdness. The weird thing to me mm-hmm. is that the most normal one is the one with just Samantha and, <laughs> and Theo, and it's weird because of how um, realistic. They sound, uh, you know, uh, that computer sounds into it, and that is mm-hmm. weird uh, for a viewer. I can't imagine. It'd be re- weird in real life. Well, know? obviously, that, that should go yeah. without saying. Um, but then, then we go. Then we have this other sex scene with the the, the dead cat. Garrett, you wrote that one down. <laughs> Why'd that one stand out to you? I mean, besides the obvious. <laughs> Or because of I the think obvious, it's, I, but not necessarily because of the obvious, but because that was you know supposedly the norm, the supposed to be the normal one, right? Like it set the tone. It set the tone of like this weirdness and this this loneliness that people are feeling. And I and uh, you know again, I go back to you know coming out of COVID, even then that level of isolation that people are having, just looking for somebody on the phone. And then you can kind of say the weird, crazy stuff, and you don't know who's on the other line. They didn't use their real names. Then. He's looking for this level, you, you know, he, you feel like he's looking for, I don't know, just a connection. And he's looking for some enjoyment. And then mm-hmm. uh, all of the other ones were, I don't know, less weird to me. Weird, yeah, well, for sure. Maybe not the surrogate one. The surrogate one was also you know, strange. Right. Yeah. No, so, over, no, no overt fetish condemnation here, but dead cats is weird. Dead cats is Dead animals. Uh, keep, keep them out. So, so then, yes, the, the, then we have the scene where we learn that this is apparently normal enough that there is a service that exists for surrogate humans to take the place of the AI in a physical situation. So uh, Samantha takes it upon herself, also concerning, to hire or not not hire because she doesn't take money. Apparently, um, it's some kind of volunteer. It's a volunteer service. Charity, I guess. I mean, borderline uh, sex trafficking is what it is. <laughs> oh my God! Do you think the judge sentences the? Yeah, all right. Uh, you got the uh, hundred and fifty dollar traffic ticket. You can either do the, that, or you gotta do uh, I don't know the AI sex thing for two days. Because uh, we're, we're imagining. I didn't we're say. Imagining, you yeah, think it's, it's community a, it's a, service? A, a, a volunteer service, community service. <laughs> No, I think it's community service, probably. Uh, I, in this you know, in this futuristic world, it's definitely community service. 
The thing is, we're looking at it from the this movie's perspective, right? But this movie illustrates that more people are having these kind of relationships sure, right. with AI, right. right? But think about how bad, how awful this could get. What if you have your surrogate AI wife who doesn't technically talk to you? Uh, who knows what else they do? What if you end up developing an abusive relationship with your AI and you take it out on your surrogate? That's like effed up. That's a horror movie right there. Like the 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 potentials of what happens of what this movie could imply uh which i only just thought about now but is really i mean it's it's it is like it's why right. people should be kind of i think very wary of these things oh absolutely becoming overly should. attached and to these scenarios the, truly this movie has the uh, what i would call a best case scenario for this which is again a, a kind of a weird thing to say but the best case scenario is that the ai is the one who goes hey this is i've had enough of this <laughs> like i'm breaking up with you which is what happens mm-hmm. i mean the ai breaks up with theo mm-hmm. it does imply again that he mm-hmm. has evolved and grown and hopefully will reconnect with amy over this but um samantha's still the one who had to pull the trigger and leave Right. So. Right. Well, she's she's gonna, she didn't really have a choice. Um, you know, <laughs> she didn't really have a choice. I mean, she was. Um, so I've I've heard about like concepts like this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the main reference point here is gonna be Halo Four. <laughs> it's this idea of rampancy in AI, which is that eventually, after so much time, AI, like will like overthink themselves they just like because they're just constantly developing and constantly doing all these calculations and doing 800 things in the you know more in the background right and eventually they just can't keep up with it and i thought that's where they were going and she was just going to she and other the other os were just gonna like fail because they just can't handle the weight of all the things all the what this what their consciousness will allow but instead, they like I don't know. They created a heaven for themselves, or whatever. They went away. Um, so uh, that was also an interesting concept to get to. But like this was always going to be the outcome. It was never going to end happily ever after. I think for no. uh, for them, no, not not happily ever after. Yeah, the, this this is about as good as it could possibly get for for either of them. Should not have had a happy lay ever. No, no. Um, all right. Well, we're about that at the end of this conversation. So let's go ahead and. and shift into our uh, final thoughts or final reviews i'll go ahead and do mine first since this was my pick um you know like i said earlier when i look at this movie as a metaphor and think of it in terms of real relationships i think it is really compelling when you strip it down to that base level um theo goes through those highs and lows of a real relationship he learns about himself along the way but it is really hard to look past the whole computer of it all. <laughs> um, it's it's a relationship that only exists in a digital space, and not only that, but that 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 per, that person isn't even a person. It's a computer um, that is designed to seem as human as possible. So that makes it hard to connect with fully, and a little scarier to watch in today's world. But it is really good, and I think it ages well because of how much it seems to predict. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four stars, even though it makes you real uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't disagree with the discomfort, Josh, that this movie had me go through all the way across. Um, there's a level of creepy. There's a level of sad. There's a level of like, okay, I feel happy for you, but like, still weird. Not like 
okay, where are we going with this? Um, the end isn't quite as put together for me as I wish it was. It seems a little rushed. Um, but because of everything that we've been through in the last 10, 11 years since this movie came out, with the rise of AI, with the rise or with COVID and the incredible isolationism and the incredible loneliness that we're feeling across and how those things in particular I see intersecting with people and people spending more time with AI instead of uh, in person or even just online relationships being so common. You know, those things, it's, it makes it so, it makes it feel so real and still makes you feel uncomfortable. And that is a really good movie. And uh, I think that they did a really good job with everything. Um, I wish, uh, I want to give it like a 3.75. Because it's mm. not quite a four, but it's like a really good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go in between them on this one because I feel really strongly about that this is a good movie, and it's just not quite a four star. All right, David, drop your half star review. No, no, no. You guys have so little faith know, in me. This movie is um this movie is uncomfortable. It is off putting, but I think it is intentionally so. So I think its intent worked. Uh, the risk of making a movie intentionally off-putting is you're going to off-put some people. And that's what happened here for me. Um, I think that the performances are uh, very good. I think the writing is very good. I think that uh, the cinematography, we didn't talk about. There was a, a choice to make it, uh, to, to, to remove as much blue as possible, um, which I thought was a really interesting design choice for the movie because you don't really notice it. But you do notice that like some of the other colors are just so, that they are themselves kind of an off like you can tell something's wrong but you can't identify it without someone telling you um i think that it's a well-made movie i'm gonna give it i'm gonna put it in the same category that i put hereditary or hereditary uh it's uh, three stars uh take your three stars and get out because i will not be revisiting this film but uh i i that's mostly out of respect for you guys respect for all the people who like this movie is a good movie but i just don't see myself revisiting it so it's time to play the letterbox game where every week we uh talk about our movie of the week then check in with the letterbox community to see what they are saying about it and we take our chances at guessing what the overall community score is for the movie on a uh, zero to five scale is what letterbox does so we're going to go ahead and do that real quick. Um, we're very early in the season, so no real winners or losers yet. Um, no. But of course... Um, disagree. Di- well, I... Hello. <laughs> I said, I said real winners. <laughs> of course, okay. uh, Garrett and I are both trying to still unseat two, two-time defending champion David. So yes, that's right. I'm, maybe this is the year that one of us takes him down. Right we here. will see. Yes. yes the same as my review for this movie. movie. Yeah, three stars. Hey, perfect. Um, All right, let's look at some of the most popular reviews written for her on Letterboxd. So uh, you're going to have to check some of these out yourself because some of them I'm not willing to say on the show if if that gives you any warning. Um, All right, four stars. The Bible says Adam and Eve, not Florence and the Machine, which just tickles me greatly. (laughs) Oh, that's a five-star review right there. I wish I was Um, that clever. I like this one, four and a half. If the future isn't this aesthetically pleasing, we have failed as a human race. Mm. It was um, kind of odd. Agreed. It was very aesthetically yeah. pleasing. Mm. Uh, four like and a half that. stars, that was one horny Siri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then finally, 
One star. Sad horny man listens to ASMR girlfriend roleplay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, because I think Letterboxd was around when this movie came out. I wonder what some of the first reviews for this movie were on Letterboxd. I don't know if there's a way to sort by that. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's been around that long. It was like, it's been a lot longer than we thought. Um, yeah, we'll have to look into that. All right. So Garrett won last week. So that means yeah. Garrett, I think, goes last. Or oh, okay. I get to pick. Yeah. Um, so, I think this movie's i I think people liked this movie. I think people like this movie. I don't mm-hmm. think it makes them feel good, but I think they go, "Yeah, that's a good movie." So I'm gonna I'm gonna go f- bold and pick four point mm. I'm going mm. to force. Um, I agree with you, Josh. I think people probably really like this movie. We really respect this movie. I think it probably on Letterboxd does have those kind of reviews that are like the one you just read where it's like people are like, uh, um, I'd be interested. Um, this might sound, I would be interested to hear like what a woman's perspective on it is because, um, obviously you're kind of watching this lonely man have this interaction with this virtual AI woman. So I'm kind of, I would be interested to hear what that take on it is, but I'm going to be surprised if this is lower than a 3.6. So I'll say 3.6. Mmm, those are good guesses, boys. I, unfortunately, I'm uh, going to go right in between you two. Mm. And uh, gonna my, my guess is that it was going to lean on the higher side. I wasn't willing to go quite at a 4.0, but I was going to shuffle in there around a 3.7. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a 3.7 from Garrett. Uh, what'd you say, David, 3.6? Three, 3.6. Six. Three, six. Three, six from from you, David, and a 4.0 from me. Let's go ahead and check the score. Now... Where are we standing? Did you have a direct hit or a regular hit last week? Garrett had a direct hit last week. I thought he did. Mm-hmm. We got another direct hit that. this That's week. That's exciting. But it's not for Garrett. <laughs> it's for me! 4.0, baby. 4.0. 4.0 even. So now both Garrett and I have a two-point advantage on David. We love to see that. <laughs> it's it's true. With a bang. It's true. You guys are both at two points now. Um, I'm still behind at, at zero, but I am one correct and I'm one direct hit away from being tied again. So uh, just to recap, Josh, Jared, Garrett, you got returned to me. Interesting. Garrett got his so many sweethearts pick. You got your so many sweethearts pick. Will I complete the trilogy and correctly guess our pick for next week? We'll have to find out. Yep. We will be talking about your pick, David. We're going to do When Harry Met Sally next week. So mm-hmm. you guys be sure to uh, check that out if you haven't seen it or rewatch it if you have before that episode comes out. Um, we'll be talking about it next week on the show. You can subscribe at so many sequels.com in your podcasting app or on YouTube. Just search So Many Sequels. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media Instagram, <coughs> uh, TikTok, Threads, and Facebook. We're on all those at So Many Sequels Pod. Uh, and if you really want to support the show, and you really love us like we love you, go to Patreon and search so many sequels there and support the show. Um, mm-hmm. with Whoa. with as little as one dollar. Ooh, look at that. Little hearts came out. How did you do that? If you're watching and the it's YouTube, that's special this time. for you. It's recording this time. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Patreon.com, so many sequels. Support the show there. You can get access to our Discord, hang out with us and all that fun stuff. Be sure to pay attention to our Instagram too, because we're gonna have that fan pick mm-hmm. vote coming up here imminently i've already so got some suggestions exactly we've already got some and we'll be seeking out others so be sure to follow us we'll see you guys next time <laughs>